I write strokes in fearful diligence to form characters I will forget. I become acquainted with unfamiliar pinyings during ancient classroom readings. I rehearse each sound, testing my tongue in this foreign language. Foreign, I call it. It calls me foreign back. The characters curl and twine. It sits taunting in box cages. It calls me an imposter. You should know me, it says. It traps me in its prison, four-lined walls which incessantly ask, Who are you? I decide I do not deserve to know. What are you doing here? I'm recording. I went to Chinatown Way back in old Hong Kong Welcome back to Banana Skin. Hi, hey, ho, Han Ying Ting Lai, Banana Skin, a podcast where we peel apart the good, the bad, and the yellow. I'm Joshua, your banana for today's final episode. I thought I, I thought I was the host. Not anymore. What? For those of you that don't know, I'm Joshua and I'm originally from the research team. Technically, you are the research team. Yeah, well, I'm very talented. What can I say? So anyway, <clears throat> I'm taking over today because we've been hosting and having guests for four episodes. So I kind of think it's time to turn around the tables and make you the guest for once. So uh, if you don't mind, please introduce yourself. Uh, okay, I guess we're just going to go along with this. Um. Hi, my name is Vian. I'm a banana. Well, they already know this. Cool, cool. So tell us, um, Sien, what's your poem about? So that was a poem I wrote about six months ago, before we started the podcast. Uh, I don't really know how to explain it, but it's like sometimes I have these days where I would just be hit with a lot of guilt about my own Chineseness. And that usually happens whenever I try to watch Hong Kong drama, Cantonese dramas in my family, and I don't understand anything the actors are saying. Or or when I see my extended family and they try to talk to me in Mandarin or Cantonese, and I again don't know what they're saying. So I think I wrote it on one of those days. So the poem is about how I felt as a kid in a Chinese primary school how nothing made sense to me and how Mandarin felt more like an obligation than a part of myself. And and I think that that has always bothered me because languages are supposed to be the most important part of a community, of a person. So Mandarin is supposed to be the most important part of being Chinese. But I dropped Mandarin as a subject after primary school. So throughout the years, I actually lost most of my Chinese language abilities. But the more I lost it, the more I realized how important Chinese languages were to who I was or am and my family. So I thought that never knowing the Chinese part of myself was my punishment for choosing to walk away from it in the first place. I don't really understand what you mean, though, because um, I'm more than I'm more on the other side of banananess because I didn't have a choice. 
So to clarify, I'm more half banana than full banana, uh, meaning I can understand Chinese, but I can't speak it. When I was seven, I was actually studying Mandarin properly. Like I knew how to say words like doll in Mandarin and shit. Then my teacher got pregnant. So the substitute teacher who took over her job was, well, she was useless. Okay. No. <laughs> Instead of teaching me because I don't know Chinese, she actually punished me because I didn't know. I still remember on her first day, she asked me if I can speak Mandarin. And because I'm just seven, I wanted to show off how much Mandarin I knew. So I said, uh, which in Chinese translates to, um, I can't speak Mandarin. So I got such a huge... Wait, so isn't that just your fault? Because you were just being a piece of shit? I was seven. Like, what the hell, man? You don't you don't beat... You don't spank a seven years old. Okay, I don't like the word spank. I, you, you don't get, I got an ass whooping that day, okay? I was seven. I didn't know any better. So I didn't really feel the need to study Chinese again, especially because my whole family, you know, kind of talks to me in English. So that brings me to my next question. If it was so important to you, why didn't you just study Mandarin? Dude, that's like asking, if you're homeless, why don't you just buy a house? Because it's hard, lah, Chibai. It doesn't work that way. Okay, sorry. Um, I think the reason why it took me a while to finally decide to want to learn Mandarin again is because I wanted a reason more than just because you should. And throughout this podcast, I've talked to and met a lot of people, some old, some new, and I've learned a lot from them. For example, my friend Ching says that Chinese languages are the most important part about being Chinese. Mr. Sim says that you don't have to know Mandarin in specific because it's not your language. But he does talk a lot about the importance of ancestral languages and what we know as dialect. My grandma and Olivia from episode 2 said that it's ultimately your choice and it's honestly just about how you want to live your life. But James from episode 4 and Mr. Chong from episode 2 say that it's important to remember those who came before you. And I think that languages give us the key to that. Yeah, and I think I like um, James' approach the most, I think. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, James talked about history being the most important aspect of um, knowing who you are. Because who we are now isn't just us. It's a combination of those who came before us. So as a little bit of a history buff myself, um, I really agree with James' perspective. I feel like to be able to see how the actions of those who came before resulted in these large or small historical events is an aspect of history that I personally really like. It's sort of like a domino effect, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it feels like you as a person, you, you're a part of something so much bigger than yourself. That makes any sense? Yeah, I get what you mean. So that... So then what's your stance then? Like, you know, where do you think you are in all of this? I think for me, it, I kind of stand in the middle of all of that. Kind of like a mixture of everything I've learned. I think that Chinese languages are the most important part of Chineseness only because of the connection that it brings. You shouldn't learn it just because it's your, I mean, like your quote-unquote language. And you shouldn't learn it just because someone else is imposing it on you. But you should learn it if you want to learn the parts of yourself that are only known in another language. Uh, what did you mean by that? 
when you said that um, the parts of yourself that are only known in another language. Because learning the language opened the door to your culture and your history. And for me, knowing all of that, as in, you know, the language, culture, and history, is a way for you to practice gratitude. Because who you are is not just you. You belong in a story or history of people who chose to leave home in hopes of finding a better life. And that's not just for them, but it's also for their future. Because people don't just leave home or migrate for themselves. They leave and they stay for their future. And we are a part of that future. Your ancestors and family probably thought of you long before you were even born. And to deny their love, to deny yourself that love, I think is a great disrespect, not just to them, but to yourself. So in every word that you speak, every piece of culture that you learn, every new thing you learn about them, is a part of them that you can carry with yourself. Because there is so much that you owe, so much that you have to be thankful for. But knowing them is where you can begin, I think. So where do you really start though? Like, there's just so much about your ancestors, you know? So what can you do practically to truly understand them? Because like, for me, my family has told me a little bit about my grandparents and my great-great-grandparents and so on. But I don't really see how it relates to me. Mm, actually, I think a good place to start is knowing your own name. Like, names are this weird thing. It's the one thing that represents a person's identity the most, but is ironically given by another person, usually by our elders, like our parents or grandparents. In Chinese tradition, you can't use the same character from the name of close elders, and that's because of two reasons. The first one is uh, because of a superstitious reason. You don't name your kid an elder's name because you don't want to take away the life from your elders. Because names are seen and as an extension of their lives. The second reason is because many elders see names as something that will shape your life and your character. And most of them don't want the same fate of their own for their descendants. They want their own kids to be blessed with their own path. Names are also symbolic. They're kind of like collages. Each word carries different definitions, and when they are put together, they make new meanings. Meanings which reflect the love and care of the one who gave it. So when your name you become the embodiment of your elder's love and blessing. You carry within yourself a piece of their heart and soul and all the hopes that they have for you. I think I only found out the meaning of my name when Justine broke it down for us last year. Yeah, me too. Um, I think Justine told me that uh, my name means inherit greatness. Which is not to ask for me, honestly. Yeah. But I also think my grandma named one of my sisters Grass, if I'm not wrong. So if what you're saying is true, that our grandparents name us uh, as a reflection of their hopes and dreams, so what does that mean then? 
I think your grandma's trying to say that she has favorites. I love my grandma. I knew it. Um, <laughs> I guess now I know why I was so fat when I was young. Oh, my grandma used to call me Feimao. Feimao. What? <laughs> what? Do you really not know what Feimao is? I thought you were more banana than me. What the hell? Um, I mean... Feimao is a uh, Chinese fat cat. Oh, isn't that? Actually, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm more banana than I thought. Okay, we are, we're kind of getting off track here. Um, So, uh, what does your name mean then? Fun fact, um, I actually remember really hating my name when I was a kid. Because one, I can't pronounce it. And two, I was a banana. Okay, so I really wanted like a Western name like Alex or Guinevere. It's also really fucked up that I can pronounce Guinevere but not my own name, Zien. So my full name is Lozi and I was named by my grandma from my dad's side. So I've actually never formally met her. Lo is my family's insignia and it means that I also belong to a specific dialect group. The translates to poem or poetics, meaning that I'm inclined towards literature. And yen means swallow, which is like... So like, a- swallow as in... Or like... <laughs> Dirty bird lah. Like, who the hell named their kid after, like, a phase of digestion? But, yeah, anyway. Well, yen means swallow the bird, which represents new beginnings and freedom. And the I think the reason why I'm named that is because grandparents from my dad's side were low-wage plantation workers. And education, especially high education, was really, really hard to come by and get. So I think what my grandma wanted for me was what she couldn't give my dad. To her, happiness meant being free. And I think that that comes with the ability to choose who I want to be. Screw you, ch**! Call me lousy in primary school. Not CNY or Stayan or Lan. I'm Even though I still can't pronounce it. Yeah, you. I you didn't care about Chinese-ness? Okay. Technically, I didn't say that I don't care about Chinese-ness. I said that I don't care about Mandarin. But as much as I hate to admit it, you're kind of changing my mind. Like, when you talked about how knowing Mandarin, Hokkien, or, you know, whatever language, how it's the key to learning the history of your ancestors, what their hopes and dreams were, what they were feeling as they entered um, this new land, you know, Malaysia or Malaya at that time. I think I just really felt like there's so much I'm missing out on. So much that I won't be able to know about the people who gave everything for me to be here today. Just because I'm too stubborn to learn Mandarin. And it makes me feel sad. Not to copy you, but when you talked about um, there's a part about yourself that you can only know in another language. I really felt that it's such a huge loss for me. Yeah. That made me, you know, well, that made me um, sad. I see you haven't mastered the English language either. Um, excuse me. Okay, uh, this podcast is over. I'm leaving. Sorry, guys. Hey, no, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, you're the, you're the host of this podcast. You can't leave. I'm going to if you don't watch your language. Hey. So, um, before I was so rudely interrupted, in episode one, you asked a very important question that you still haven't answered yet. And I think the question in everybody's mind is, 
how Chinese is Chinese enough? I don't think that there's a universal measurement of how Chinese is Chinese enough because it's really your own scale. And how you decide on that scale depends on what you want to know and learn. And I think that that scale will change throughout your life. Because being Chinese is fluid. It's more than just a checklist and it's not something that you have to prove. It's also not just something that's decided at birth. What you're given and what opportunities you have may be different from what others have. But one thing to know this part of yourself is the choice that you have to make. If not for yourself, then for the ones that you love. So, do you think you're Chinese enough yet? Uh, no, not yet. Um, not based on my own measurements. But I'm working on it. And... I think I have a lot more friends to help me with it now. Final question. Since this is the final episode, how do you feel about the podcast? About saying goodbye to? This podcast was supposed to be about my story and my Chineseness. But looking back, I don't really think that it's a story. I think that this podcast is actually my love letter to my Chineseness, the part of myself that I spent so long denying and thinking that I was unworthy of. Thank you. To Can you let me please say my last ending, please? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Thank you to our dedicated banana skin team. Joshua, our co-host and co-writer for this episode. Our PR manager and website designer. Jude, our co-writer and audio engineer. Justine, our graphic designer and social media manager. Thank you to all of the truly, truly amazing people I've had along the way. Thank you to all our listeners. We thank you for coming along with us on this journey. And we hope you know that we appreciate you so, so much. Thank you to our families and our friends and all our loved ones. This has been Banana Skin. See you later!